0: Welcome back to Venture Studio, the podcast where your host, Dave Lerner, entrepreneur, angel investor in 70-plus companies and director of entrepreneurship at Columbia University,
1: interviews the angel
0: investors and venture capitalists who make up New York City's entrepreneurial ecosystem. I am your producer, Kevin Weeks. All of our shows are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. And make sure you subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Venture Studio. Any feedback or five-star reviews are always much appreciated. And now let's kick it to Dave to introduce this week's episode. It was great talking to my next guest, the terrific Lindsay Gray, who I know from collaborating with her during her time as one of the leaders of NYU's Entrepreneurial Institute. Yes, that's right. Unlike what most people think, we in the university entrepreneurship space who work at different universities actually get along really well, learn from each other and collaborate a lot. How silly would it be to think entrepreneurial teams should only be comprised of students from the same school? Anyway, in this discussion, we learn about how Lindsay, who was originally from the Boston area, worked with Clay Christensen for a number of years after taking his class during her days at HBS. She's a real veteran in the area of corporate innovation and spin offs and has now moved over to venture capital. She runs Platform for Two Sigma Ventures, the venture arm of Two Sigma, which, as she explains, is a large quantitative hedge fund. Lindsay takes us through what the role of platform at a venture fund actually means and what sort of projects and goals she and her team have undertaken as they strive to give support and leverage to their portfolio companies. Along the way, we also learn about Two Sigma Ventures' strategy, some of their portfolio companies, and how they're building community here in New York City. Lastly, we also explore some of the learnings Lindsay had from her time in the university entrepreneurship space and what her observations are on her adopted home of New York City and its startup ecosystem. Hope you enjoy as much as I did.
1: You're in the office, baby. Going out.
0: Lindsay, great to have you on. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here.
0: It's a pleasure. You're head of platform at Two Sigma Ventures. It's the early-stage VC arm of Two Sigma, uh, and we want to hear all about that. But, you know, I was thinking Two Sigma is this big leviathan in mm-hmm. downtown Manhattan, and but I, I'm sure a lot of people don't even know what they do and what the main company... What, what is Two Sigma?
1: Sure. So Two Sigma, the parent company, Two Sigma Investments, um, is a technology company that, that trades stocks on the public market, so uh, otherwise known as a quantitative hedge fund. Um, it's been around for 15 years. It has uh, about 1,200 employees, um, all the ma- vast majority of whom are in Soho. And it really, you know, we we pride ourselves here on sort of being at the forefront of what's happening in, in data science and also in advanced distributed computing, and kind of use those two capabilities to uh, to, to trade stocks publicly.
0: And uh, how how long has it been around? It's. Uh...
1: Fifteen, years. 15 Two Sigma, years. Two Sigma. Two Sigma Investments um, has been trading for fifteen wow. years. Yes.
0: Wow. Uh, and and I've been in there a few times, and, and uh, I've noticed you have a lot of scientists walking around and PhDs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, the another thing Two Sigma really prides itself on is um, really diverse backgrounds of of the people who work here. Um, but as you can imagine, many are technical. Um, but, you know, people people with all sorts of um, all sorts of backgrounds that position them well to do research, interpret research and ultimately kind of uh, execute on research. And so uh, all sorts of people with uh, backgrounds that in different ways use the scientific method, I would say that that's probably a, a commonality.
0: Uh, no, that's good to know. And Two Sigma Ventures is is within the parent company. Tell us about the, the the fund and the strategy. And
1: sure, yeah. So, so Two Sigma Ventures was created five years ago. We just passed the five year anniversary this March, um, and it was created with this idea that at Two Sigma Investments for the prior ten years, you know, we'd been used thinking about um, you know the the fact that the world has a lot more data, an increasing amount of data every day, um, and we now have computing capabilities that allow us to do really amazing things with that data. And, of course, it, at Two Sigma Investments, um, they look at the intersection of data science and computing and, and how that can help in the financial services industry. But given all the expertise that are inside the, the Two Sigma Investments team, we realize there's an opportunity to look at how data and computing is going to transform other industries. You know, we're, we're well-positioned to kind of understand how that technology may be applied elsewhere. And so Two Sigma Ventures was created five years ago with that thesis, let's find like we like to say, let, let's find the two sigma of other industries. Um, so for the last five years, that's what the firm has been doing. We have uh, made 51 investments to date, primarily in seed and series A with a, a chunk of B and a couple of C, C, series C investments um, across a wide range of industries, um, but all that, that kind of use the same principles as two sigma, You know, uh, data science and computing. Uh, to transform an industry.
0: Got it. So you are so you uh, as as large as the entity is, you behave just like a, no, a normal early stage VC investor. But you have all that expertise and value add that that you're bringing to bear. You're writing what normal seed sti- size checks.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. So we we operate like uh, like like a, a traditional seed or Series A fund. Um, we're not a strategic investor because we're you know we're not looking. Necessarily, just at, at companies in financial services. I think we have a couple, um, but but otherwise, our, our mandate looks similar to to any other VC. You know, we we invest as part of a syndicate. Um, we we sometimes take board seats, sometimes we don't, uh, depending on the needs of a company. Um, but um, but but yeah, we we otherwise operate um, similar to, to a traditional seed or Series A fund.
0: And you're head of platform at Two Sigma Ventures. This is a really um interesting role, and you know just from what I've seen, this is a relatively new position in the venture landscape. I don't know maybe three, four years, I'm guessing that you've seen this new role i I believe it it's is yeah. is that fair to say?
1: I think so, at least at least with this name on it. you know it, it's funny I moved to New York in two thousand and twelve uh, with the intention of doing something similar to what I'm doing now. You know, I, I thought sort of going in-house at a venture fund and, and helping um, helping work with their portfolio companies was sort of a good use of the, the background I had. And at the time, it was hard to find a lot of New York City VCs who were kind of significantly investing um, in that type of role for their company. Um, you know, some were starting to do things like newsletters and um, some content marketing and maybe some community building, but you in New York at the time, I think were really thinking about how do you kind of build, um, scalable programs and resources to support an entire portfolio in other ways. But five years later, so that was 2012, five years later, it feels like, you know, most venture funds are, are pretty heavily investing in that. And it looks different at lots of different, you know, there's, there's lots of different sizes and shapes of what that looks like, um, but I think pretty much across the board, you're seeing that kind of role take shape at all the, all the different venture funds in New York. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it is remarkable. And may, like you said, maybe there, it was subsumed in other roles and maybe people were sharing the, the, the responsibility, but it, it's become a huge part of uh, so many funds from, from what I've seen. And wh- how would you describe the whole package of, of the platform uh, in, in, a, in your fund?
1: Yeah, so so the way my role looks is we like to say we we try and support uh, every stage of the investment process um, with the primary focus being at the very beginning and very end of the investment process. So at the very beginning, um, you know, some members of my team are really focused on um, how do we create community and create awareness of Two Sigma that will help drive the the right kind of deal flow to the fund. Um, and then the the largest chunk of my team is really thinking about uh, how do we support our companies after we've made an investment? You know, how, how do we continue to leverage the resources of Two Sigma investments for our, all the reasons I explained at the start of the call um, uh, to help our companies be successful? Um, but, but we also think about, you know, how do we bring the resources of Two Sigma to bear during the diligence process? Um, and and even in closing deals, how do we think about uh, kind of describing the value add of Two Sigma in and, and that part of the process as well? Um, but like most funds, our focus is on the, the investments we've already made and, um, you know, how, how do we help them be as successful as they can possibly be?
0: And your portfolio now is 51 companies. What flavor uh, do you, does Two Sigma, I know you mentioned every fund is a little different, like yeah. you know, as much as you're comfortable. What, how, do you, how do you all think about uh, that mix and what, what's important to, to your portfolio companies that you're focused on as they develop?
1: Yeah, so, so we think about kind of three important criteria that makes a company a good fit for TSV, which I think then will explain kind of how we support after. So one is really early stage companies. Um, uh, the second is horizontal kind of focus, not industry vertical, meaning they're disrupting, they're disrupting uh, whatever industry they're in, but we are industry agnostic. And then the third major kind of piece for us is do we believe this company could benefit from the experience and expertise of Two Sigma? Um, and if the answer is yes, if it kind of fits those three criteria, then it's, you know, it's it's kind of in our, our wheelhouse. Um, so as you can imagine, you know, we, we invest at the early stage because that is where they, we believe most companies can benefit most from from the type of expertise we have at Two Sigma, meaning we're really good at building tech organizations here, you know, with, with 1,200 employees um, many of whom being technical, uh, we think Two Sigma has sort of done a good job of figuring out how do you how do you source and vet and ultimately retain great great talent, particularly tech talent, um, as well as how do you build really strong technical products that will last. Uh, you know, with with reliability engineering that allow it to last. Um, and early stage companies are tending to think about those two things the most, and and we we believe we can really help them the most at that stage. Um, and then post-investment is actually delivering on the, that promise. So we, we support our companies in lots of different ways. But I'd say supporting the talent and supporting uh, sort of product development in different ways is, is really the sweet spot of where we focus.
0: And, you, and you, have some, uh, you have some great companies in your portfolio. I know a couple of them. One came out of Columbia was Drew Silverstein at Amper.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: what, what tell, tell folks a little what, what he's doing. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. So what what at Amper is doing is really interesting, and actually, I'll I'll just uh, jump in to say um, one a, an additional thing we're able to do as kind of part of this um, Two Sigma community is you know Two Sigma has a fair bit of real estate given all the employees that it has, and we're we're able to run a co working space um, I- inside of Two Sigma, and, and we've been really fortunate to have Drew and the Amper team in our co working space for for a little less than a year, um, but but really excited to work alongside them. Basically, they're they're using artificial intelligence to um, help compose, compose music. Um, and you can imagine that that could be used in lots of different ways, but the primary way they're using it now is um, music alongside video. Um, anyone who's tried to uh, overlay music onto video that you've created, whether it's for... Uh, you know, a promotional video or kind of a recap video knows that, that finding the music to a company and it can be really hard uh, to find good music and can be very expensive. And so what True and the team have done, have built a, a really amazing technical platform uh, that, that composes unique video for music. Um, and uh, it, it's really exciting. I think lots of applications both for enterprise and consumer.
0: Yeah, he's a very, very talented uh talented guy and a former musician. I remember him and I've been to that space. It's a fantastic space. You guys actually have like you kind of straddle what is it, Lafayette Street? Where, where, you like have yeah, two yeah, buildings on either side, or something?
1: Yeah, we're we're on Sixth Avenue, um, okay. and we're between Broom and Watts. Okay. Uh, so we, we feel like we're we're kind of right in the heart of exciting things happening in Soho. We happen to be right around the corner for from your lab, that's uh, right. your downtown lab. But um, we, we think it's a pretty exciting place to be if you work in tech. Yeah,
0: indeed, and I've seen I've seen uh, L- Homer Logistics. Yeah, a little blurb on them would be great. Out. Yeah,
1: Homer's great. We're we're really excited to be working with them too. So they're they're uh, solving uh, last mile logistics, um, which is pretty cool. Again, an, uh, artificial intelligence uh, is sort of the heart at the heart of their technology. But what they've basically worked out is um, algorithms that make it more efficient for delivery people to deliver goods. And um, so they kind of got a, a stronghold in the restaurant market in new york they uh, are sort of outsourced delivery um, but have also expanded into other industries as well and you know it's, it's kind of all over the news these days that final mile logistics or last mile logistics some call it um is is really challenging for companies as, as demand for delivery goes up and so we think uh adam and the homer team have done a, a really good job at, at adding efficiency and, and scale to that problem and um we're excited about what they'll be able to do with that technology
0: I mentioned uh, amper and, and others you you like me come from the university space you spent yes. four years at the NYU's entrepreneurial Institute um, how, how do you how do you guys see the university space and the importance of it and the cultivation of it how do, how do you see that
1: yeah I was really happy to learn in, in the interview process during TSV that um, that that they you know, are, are really excited about what's happening at universities, particularly New York-based universities, though, though the Bay Area and Boston and, and other ones are, are keeping up just fine. Um, but I, I think they see the in importance of it in a lot of different ways. Um, one is certainly, you know, continuing to uh, see great research commercialization activities coming out of university. We, we partner with a number of faculty members at various universities, um, given sort of the deep tech focus that we have. Um, a lot of the research coming out of their lab is, is, is right in our wheelhouse. Um, we also see it to be, um, you know, really important to see the kinds of things students are learning and ultimately spinning out of universities after graduating. Um, you know, we, we certainly have invested in, in plenty of younger entrepreneurs um, and I think the the way universities are sort of uh, pushing pushing students to um, take their ventures further while they're in school is really exciting. Um, so we continue to try and stay plugged into the interesting student startups coming out. And then I think just generally, you know, uh, you know universities are, are educating the, their students in lots of things that make them really valuable employees to, to startups. Um, and so continue to encourage our startups to go to universities to source real- great talent, technical and otherwise, um, as students are, are coming out of universities, really understanding what it means to work in the startup landscape, if not start your own company. Um, so I think at, at kind of every dimension, uh, it's important for us to maintain close relationships with universities. And I think we're, we're excited to see the progress um, that's been happening and that, that we see will continue to happen in the ecosystem.
0: In your years uh, at NYU, and I believe you still teach uh, and you're on the faculty in entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. what are the, some of the more effective programs and exposure that these universities are bringing to bear for their students. You know, are we doing it right? Are we, because no one's written the book yet, you know, everyone's still kind of figuring it out. Everyone's got labs. Everyone's got this and that, you know, when you think about it, what are we doing right? And what are we doing wrong? <laughs> That's a provocative question.
1: <laughs> it is right. And I'm certainly biased, right? Cause I, I thought about this all day, every day for the last four years and, and you know, I, I, I have my own biases. I mean, I, I continue to think this is something Frank at the NYU Entrepreneurial Institute really kind of uh, instilled in me early on in my time at NYU, and I I continue to believe in, is that the most important thing a university can do in cultivating an entrepreneurial ecosystem at their school is find ways for cross-disciplinary collaboration. I I just don't see any substitute for it, Um, getting the engineers in the same room as the business students and the designers. Um, And it's, it's not an easy challenge to overcome because everybody's busy and heads down on the things they're doing and, and sometimes even just geography silos people that, um, but I think the programs we did at NYU that, that really produced the most successful outcomes are ones that, uh, really kind of forced that, um, multidisciplinary collaboration. And I think, you know, we'll continue to be an emphasis at least at NYU. Right. Uh, one thing that I think, you know, we've, we've continued to struggle with at NYU and, and I think other schools do as well. Um, is is sort of in in getting people who want to start tech startups or even tech-enabled startups who don't have technical backgrounds um, or have limited technical backgrounds to to kind of get over the hurdle uh, that will enable them to do so. And I say there, there are two hurdles. One is a mental barrier. Like, I, I can't tell you how many students I've met who said, well, I have to have a technical co-founder. I can't make any more progress on this because I can't write code. And I'm saying to them, like, there's so much you can do without writing code now, especially with all the school, the, the tools that exist um, right. that enable you to prototype without them. Um, and then also just the educational barrier. So, um, so there's so much you can learn in computer science. And I think, uh, you know, finding ways to teach students who want to be entrepreneurs the type of skills that help them hit the ground running with that type of. Uh, education is, is really important. And again, like really, really tough nut to crack on both fronts, um, but something I think NYU thinking about and, and I hear other universities are thinking about too.
0: Yeah, no, no. Um, definitely. We, we, we deal with the same kind of issues at Columbia. Um, we're learning as we, as we go. Um, and we, we experience those same issues. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the sort of problem is that every school you know, of the many grad schools is just, you know, as you said, siloed and sitting there, you know, entrepreneurship is by nature cross disciplinary and you've got to somehow take this hundred year old, 200 year old kind of infrastructure and like layer entrepreneurship (laughs) curriculum (laughs) over it. Right. And it it, Uh it takes time and cross listing classes and developing new Uh curriculum. You know, it's, it's not easy and um, people are very receptive, but there is that infrastructure that's, you know, sometimes 150 years old, <laughs> Yeah, you need to, right. you know, proselytize and convince and um, it's, but it's happening. I, I see it happening every year. It gets a little better at all yeah. the schools. And I see you guys are putting on some cool events for some of the labs and accelerators. Uh, yeah. I know some of our young entrepreneurs went over to Two Sigma. What are you doing with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that was, um, that was sort of funny. You know, I, I kind of thought to a certain degree when I joined Two Sigma in December that my my touch points with university accelerator programs were going to decline. And I can tell you that hasn't been the case for a number of reasons. But, but essentially what happened this summer is we had some excess capacity in our co-working space. Um, we had a, a company um, exit the portfolio that got acquired and they moved out. And then we had a, a company raise a large round and they moved out. So we had we found ourselves in May with uh, with some some empty desks, and at that time, just coincidentally, we we're approached by MIT um, and Bill Allett's team, and they said mm-hmm. we're we're looking to pile, pilot uh, the accelerator we've been running in Boston for a number of years um, with a small cohort in New York, and we're looking for a place for about fifteen people to sit. And so I said, well, it just turns out we have excess capacity here, so the for the summer. Um, The Boston, uh, the New York chapter of Boston's Delta V program has been uh, sitting in our space um, and and we've been really fortunate to get to know some of the students and the cool startups they're running. And and I had this idea at the beginning of the summer that um, when you move from Boston and you're 22 years old and you've never spent time in New York before, it can be kind of an overwhelming place to meet people. But there's this awesome community in New York of of students that are spending their summer working on startups, many that you support, and there's the program at NYU and Cornell Tech has tons, and so we just thought it'd be fun for the students uh, to kind of get to all meet each other and share stories and uh, kind of build friendships. Um, so we, we hosted it here, and of course from our perspective, like those are the people we want to know. Like those are that's the that's the next kind of round of entrepreneurs we want to invest in. So, um, so we, we just thought it was a, a good opportunity to get everybody together for some fun. And, and yes. I, I think it, it proved to be that.
0: Thank you for doing that. And uh, we're, we're psyched to join in for more. You, you sound like you have some empathy there. Did were you, a, were you a young person coming from Boston some years ago? I don't know. <laughs> Because you, I know you're a Harvard person and you, tell us a yeah. little about your career. Because you, you, I know you worked with Clay Christensen, you were in Tell us a little
1: about it. I did. Yeah. So, um, so out of undergrad, I actually moved to Stanford, Connecticut. I spent a lot of weekends in New York, but I, I lived in Stanford, <laughs> Connecticut for a few years um, uh, working at a, a small consulting firm. But long story short on that is we ended up creating and spinning out an enterprise software technology out of that firm, which is not what I joined thinking I would do, but but a couple of years out of school, really um, became passionate about this idea of spinning spinning technologies out of large companies and the the potential of that sort of entrepreneurial career path. Um, and so I moved to Boston uh, a few years later. Went to HBS. Um, I knew about Clay Christensen. I, I kind of had been studying what he was preaching in my prior job and. Right. Had the opportunity to learn from him at HBS and then ultimately work for his firm after graduating um, in Boston and kind of continuing to do that uh, corporate research commercialization and, and spinning startups out of large companies. And um, really, really loved that. Uh, so I lived in Boston. I'm, I'm from the Boston area. Uh, that that kind of felt like home. But, you know, life takes take you in interesting directions. <laughs> yeah. I've had. Met someone I thought was pretty great when yeah. I was a student at HBS, and he happened to have taken a job in New York. And so, after a few years of long distance, I decided I, I really wanted to marry that guy. So I moved to New York, um, and the rest is history. We're married and have have a kid, and uh, it, it's a very happy ending to, the, to that story. But but I did find myself in New York. Um, I was working remotely, you know, by myself from my apartment uh, in 2012. I saw the New York City startup ecosystem just totally beginning to boom, and I just said, I, I've i got to be part of this. Um, uh, it, you know, NYU is in my backyard. I was living in the West Village, and NYU is in my backyard, and I sort of jumped at an opportunity to kind of get involved with the ecosystem by, by supporting teams there, first as a volunteer, and then eventually uh, as a full-time employee.
0: Great. No, no. Um, it has been amazing to watch the ecosystem develop. I mean, in 01, 02, there was really not a ton going on, and then it's just, in the last 15 years, it's just uh, exploded. Yeah. Uh, what do you, you know, you have that outside lens coming from Boston and uh-huh. uh, working in different corporations and with Christensen and all that, and now you've yeah. been in the university space and now you're in the VC world. Like, how do you see New York evolving? What, what are your observations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I share yours that it's, it's kind of been an amazing transformation in, uh, over the last number of years. Um, you know, I, I think there's sort of inertia that happens in sort of any sort of ecosystem building where, um, you know, when, when you're just starting out and you have a small community of people working on something, it, it feels hard to get other people to want to join in, but it becomes a snowball. Like, you have a couple of successes coming out of the city Um, you have more people kind of doing meetups and, um, there's sort of more activity happening and then more people come to New York because of those activities or stay in New York because of those activities and it kind of snowballs. And I think we're seeing that happen, right? Like now you talk to young, young students who are applying to universities and they say, I want to come to a school in New York because I want to start a startup and that's the great place to do it. And it's kind of amazing to hear that, um, when, you know, when I was going to school, uh, too many years ago, like that, that wouldn't have been the case, you would have, uh, you know, stayed in Boston or moved to the Bay Area. Um, so I, I think it's the sort of amazing inertia that's happening. And now, like, on any given night, there's like 10 different meetups you can go to, and, you know, lots of different dinners where you can meet people with common interests. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's just going to kind of continue growing like that. And corporations are seeing that and moving here for that reason, right? So it they kind of add the snowball that. Yeah. Um, and as a venture fund, we're really excited to be here. We, we invest all over the country. We, we have a good number of investments in the Bay Area, but we certainly see no shortage of, of deal uh, deals coming out of the New York ecosystem.
0: So if you know people listening are young founders coming out of the university or they're um, hardcore scientists in, in data science, computing, et cetera, uh, what, what would you say to them if they're intrigued by – Two Sigma and, and Two Sigma Ventures and what you guys are doing, what, what what's the right way to get involved with the community you're building?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we do, from time to time, do community meetups um, and have events and, um, you know, always happy to have members of the community come to those things so you can kind of, uh, you know, stay on the lookout for that. But um, but in general, at this point, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to uh, either take a meeting or, um, introduce someone on my team who can the the best way to reach us. We're we're pretty free with our email address. Uh, uh, it's been okay so far, but it's it's just team at two sigma dot com. Um, feel free to email us if you have questions about what we're doing or a startup that you think might be interesting to us. Uh, feel free to send an email and and um, we'll do our best to get in touch quickly.
0: Fantastic. Okay. You heard it here, folks, and I'll put it in the uh, the notes to this interview. Uh, Lindsay, thank <laughs> you for your time. Thanks for making time for us uh, this morning. We'll have you back on. Uh, congrats on all the success, and uh, thank you.
1: Thanks, David. Likewise. You got it. Be well. Show you around. Give you a taste of business, you know?